1: The Word and Life, and how they go hand in hand. Next on Times of Refreshing. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, takes us to 2 Timothy chapter 3 as we begin a two-part message called Word and Life. It's here that the Apostle Paul lays out for Timothy and you and I how the word and life go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Won't you join us? Again, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. That is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, But know this, Then in the last days perilous times will come, He didn't say they might come. He didn't say that it was a possibility that would come. The Apostle Paul is prophesying. He says, know this, as he's telling Timothy. He's trying to help him to understand these are the things that are coming on the scene. That's one of the things I love about God. God never tells us that he's going to take us out of tough situations. He tells us that he'll walk with us through them. But the key is this, generally he'll let us know what's on the horizon so that we can prepare our hearts and not be amazed and spooked out and scared and terrified when things begin to happen. The prophetic aspect of this book, this, it, I mean, there's nothing else like this on the planet. And we're going to see as we go down here, God tells you what's going to happen before it happens. And so he tells him, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. The Greek word here, it means grievous. It means hard to bear. It says here, this word means distressing. That these are the times in which we're living in. It says violent, fierce. This word here is used of demoniacs. People that are full of demons. The demons are, are, are inspiring people and nudging people. This word here in the Greek, it means wild. You know, the synonym for this word, there's, there's, a, few, there's a few meanings. that, from a synonym standpoint, it means not tame, wild, savage. You know, and what happens is, is when we look at the condition of humanity, the, the condition of human beings... People are getting worse and worse because the devil is having his way more and more. And you see, when you, look at, when you think about perilous times, you think about individuals that their wild nature is just beginning to manifest itself more and more. And it doesn't help that the devil is inspiring. And so all around, you see people doing things and you're scratching your head. How in the world could you do this? Well, it's just not, it's just not the person there's also demons that are involved in inspiring people. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to read our Bibles and get understanding what we're dealing with. The, and, but the Apostle Paul said, this is the, stuff, the type of stuff that's, that's going to happen around us. It's gonna be, there's going to be grievous times. Hard to bear. Times where the enemy wants to get us to a place where we become distressed because of the violence and the fierceness of what's going on in the hearts of men and, what's, and, 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 and the breakdown of human nature, of humanity. It's getting darker and darker and darker. Then he goes and he says this, which is beautiful, because it gives us insight into why this is happening on a personal level and on a global level. He says in verse 2, he says, For men will be lovers of themselves. When we get to the point where we just become selfish, and everything's about us, and our lives are just about us, and we're living just for us, this causes an effect on society. But this is what's happening. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. This is what happens. When When we start loving money... We need money. We thank God for money. But when we start loving money and everything is just driven by money, it causes us to have more and more perilous times. People are lovers of money. He says he says boasters. Proud. This is one of the things. I mean, people are just proud. Don't tell me nothing. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. You know, this is one of the things. You know, you guys know. I, I I I coach out of school. I'm around kids all the time. All this type of stuff, and it's amazing how kids talk to their parents. I mean, I wish one of my kids. But I hear some of these kids talk to their parents, and I'm saying to myself. <laughs> You better be glad your last name ain't Kaufman. I mean, but it's amazing how how people are just now and we and we don't teach them, but this is a characteristic and this is a reason why we have perilous times. Because because people are disobedient to parents. They don't want to listen to any instruction. From the parents, from the teachers, from from grandma, from grandpa, from from the police, from, from, from anybody in authority. I know what I'm doing. Brother, you don't even know how to wash your clothes. <laughs> what happens is, what happens is, p- people are disobedient to parents. This is a sign of the times. He says disobedient to parents. He says unthankful. People are unthankful. God turns around and blesses them tremendously. And is keeping lungs, keeping breath in their lungs and helping them through life. And people are just unthankful. But I, don't, I didn't get this, God. Unthankfulness is a sign of the time. And it's what's helping to, to, to create an atmosphere that is grievous, hard to bear, distressing, violent, fierce, wild, not tame, savage it's because of what's going on in the hearts of people people are unthankful unholy unholy and then in some ways when you mention the word holiness people say you're being religious and you're being who do you think you are but this is a sign of the times unholy unloving look what he says unforgiving people refuse to forgive I will never forgive them for what they did. I will never. But people don't realize that when you harbor unforgiveness, it becomes bitter, bitterness. It becomes anger. It becomes rage. It becomes, and then it ultimately it leads to death and destruction. Unforgiving. Slanders. Without self-control. Brutal. Look what it says, despisers of good. People despise when someone is trying to do good. This is all going into a person going is in people's hearts. He says, Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We see this all around us, and we look and we say, Why is this happening over here? Why is this happening over there? Why is the world all messed up? Well, why don't we take a look at men's hearts? According to this, and it'll tell us a lot about what's going on with the human condition. It's constantly degrading and getting worse and worse and worse. And for us, we have to be mindful of this, understand what we're dealing with on this planet, and realize that it's greater than just isolated incidences. This is a humanity problem. And it's, it, the Apostle Paul is telling all of us that this is what's going to happen. This is what's happening. Understand what you're dealing with. He says here, in verse 5, because this is the most dangerous part. People are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And look what it says in verse 5: having a form of godliness, but denying its power. He says, From such people turn away. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. When he says it's, he's talking about power. What happens is, when he, when, when we can get around church and have a form or an image of godliness. But deny godliness's power in our own lives. And so what happens if true godliness, if true godliness has hit your life. It's going to be release of power that comes with it. So that godliness is sustained. But what happens is we deny the effect of godliness's purpose in our life by doing the exact opposite, even though we pretend that we got it together. When a person scratches the surface, what did they actually see underneath? And so what happens to all of us, we have to realize that these individuals, there's a religious tint that can come with all this stuff that we just read about. And, and be in the church and have this mindset. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, and from such people turn away. He's telling them, draw the line with this. Because this is dangerous. Look what he says here in verse 6. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives gullible women loaded down with sins. Led away by various lusts, and you know, in this church, we we don't we 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 don't want any woman in the house of God to be gullible. Can I have an amen? Like Pastor James Davis used to tell me and Elder Kenyon, Elder Kenyon, all the time, you got to have your antenna up. Have your antenna up. Don't be gullible. And in this church, we're, 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 we try to do a good job of telling you guys. I make fun about June Bug and Sugar Tony. I'm serious. You guys laugh, but I'm serious because I know this is what the devil's going to try to do. This is what he's going to try to do. And for the men, too. If the devil wants to get you off, the first thing he's going to do is try to connect you with the wrong person. And you have to have, you and I have to have enough security in who we are in God that if somebody comes into your life it's just a bonus but you're not the cake Jesus is the cake can I have an amen and that goes for men and women so if you think that you're going to come into my life and take me away from God take me away from the church take me away from doing what's right in the sight of God and get me out there fornicating and doing nasty stuff it's not going to happen where are the ladies at? Where are the men at? You got to make up your mind that no, man, I'm not going to be gullible. This is because this is what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy. This is what's going to happen. This is what the devil's doing. And it's a shame that he's winning this battle every day with people. Don't be gullible. He says here, For of this sort, verse 6, are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm all for Christian television. I'm all for going to a conference. I'm all for. But listen, y'all. People are always, I mean, sometimes you got to turn Christian television off. And say I'm not going over there to that meeting. How many meetings are you gonna to go to? Get on your knees, pray, and seek God in your prayer closet. Amen. He'll show up there too. I gotta go get a touch. I gotta get a touch. I got over here. I gotta go to touch over here. I gotta get a touch. I gotta touch. How many touches you needed? Now I'm all for hey, just like our worship. Go get. I'm all for that. But if every week you're searching the internet. Forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We got to get to a point where, listen, I'm stable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to maintain my biblical responsibility and duty before God to seek his face on a day-to-day basis. Every now and then, I'm going to venture out and, you know, experience something different. But if you, every single week, are looking For the next high. then something in your relationship with Christ is not stable. Because this thing is about life. Just walk with Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. He says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at verse 8. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. At some point in time, God pulls the cover off the foolishness and he exposes the deception and the folly. We just want to make sure that we're on the right side, amen, of, of the exposure, but he doesn't stop there and this is what I really wanted to get to today because I love the Apostle Paul and how he, he takes this but then he also now provides hope for those who really are seeking God and want to do right in the sight of God. He says to Timothy in verse 10, he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith. Long-suffering, love, he says, perseverance. Now, he has developed a relationship with, the, with, with, with Timothy. Obviously, Timothy has, has seen his life. And there's a credibility that has been established over time as he's observed him. So Apostle Paul tells him, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. When it comes to a local church and when it comes to leadership within a house, the doctrine is critical. It's important. What is, the, what is the system of belief and the system of teaching that has been released here through this church? Is it truly inspired by God? And is it line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little? So that everyone is clear on where the church stands. And then most importantly, here where the Apostle Paul stands. It was clear. He said, you know my doctrine. This is, this is the teaching that I have released. And in my opinion, when you join a local church, the thing that you want to do is you... This is why we have our new membership class. So everybody's clear. This is from a doctrinal stance. This is where the church stands in these particular positions. We have our statement of faith posted on the website. It is public. If there's other things that, you know, that, that, that maybe aren't essential doctrines that people want to know about concerning our church and what we believe and whatnot, come see me. Ask me about them. Ask one of the elders about them. We, we, we're talking, and we're dialogue about this stuff. And so it's not like, you know, uh, you know if there is some discrepancy or, or something like that. Myself and the elders, we get together and we, we make sure that we're on point for what Jesus Christ has told us to do from a doctrinal stance. I want you to know from, from my perspective that when, when we think about putting together our statement of faith and doctrine, one of the mistakes that I never make, I try never to make, is to make a decision from a doctrinal standpoint based on emotion. Emotion. If you see the scripture through the eyes of of emotion, you're not going to accurately interpret the, the scriptures and give the truth to people when they need truth. You cannot see the scripture through the eyes of the emotion. The Bible, we don't talk to the Bible. The Bible talks to us. It defines to us what our thought process should be. We cannot see it. Through the wrong lens, especially from an emotional lens. It ha- let it say what it says, and it's, it's, it's our job to conform, not its job to conform. Amen. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so what happens, we let it speak. And as it speaks, then we allow the speech to form our opinions, and then we come with truth. And obviously there's a system in, uh, of, of arriving to that place. But I think the, 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 the point must be clear. You cannot see the scripture through your emotions. You have to allow it to say what it has to say. Even if that is contrary to what you may have believed. He says you've carefully followed my doctrine. He says manner of life. I think it's important for all of us. When, 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 when we're following people. Or when people are following us that from a manner of lifestyle standpoint that we live our lives, uh, you know, in a manner that represents God. Now, we know that there's no one in this room that is perfect. People are going to stumble. People are going to fall. God is working on every single one of us. And the minute you start saying you are perfect, you just prove that you got a problem. You may not have had a problem before that. But the issue is is this. Our manner of life, we want to be in a position where people can see a consistency in our manner of life. And if we were to stumble, they say, oh, wow, that surprises me. Can I have an amen? Because this is what I know of them. He says, you've studied my, he says, you have followed my doctrine, manner of life. He says, purpose. He says, faith. He says long suffering. He says love, he says perseverance. All these are character qualities that we should look for in each other and for people that are that are following us. This is totally contrary to what we saw in verse 2 on down. He's making the distinction. He's making the difference. He's letting them know, this is, this is the perilous times will come. This is the condition of men's heart. And he said, but this is my heart. This is, this is my lifestyle. And he says, you follow this. And for all of us, people should be able to follow this kind of lifestyle as they watch our lives. And that is what's going to cause the world to change. Soul by soul, moment by moment. When people begin to see hope in us, but if we're walking, if we're living wild, if we're acting crazy, and we're being savage, and we're out there acting like this, then what happens is we're just contributing to the problem in the earth. People need to see a place where they can come so that they can find a change one by one. One by one. Can I have an amen? He says, this is what you did. And then he says in verse 11, and this is where it gets even heavier. He says in verse 11, he says, you follow perseverance. He says, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, were persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. This This is key and critical. Because not only should people be able to see you when you're on the mountain peak, they should be able to see how you respond when you're in your deepest valley. And this is going to speak to people. This is going to minister. And this is this minister to Timothy, he's telling you, You saw me when I was persecuted. You saw me when I endured afflictions. You saw this, and you saw me endure these things. People need to see us sometimes when our back is against the wall, and we don't understand, and we have pressure. And this is part of the thing with the church. The church is in in the world, but it's not of the world, and the devil is trying to bombard the church. How will the church respond? Will we endure it, or will we compromise Will we flip because of the pressure? Will we turn because of the pressure? Will we allow the word and life to come together? Or will we just have the word without any life? Persecution is a sign oftentimes that you're heading in the right direction. It's not always a sign that you're heading in the wrong direction. The Apostle Paul was able to live and endure times of persecution. And those times of persecution were an example to Timothy. That Timothy, when it gets rough, you don't buckle the same way I didn't buckle. Can I have an amen, y'all? If the government turns on you, if family members turn on you, if friends don't want to be around you because you, you're walking with Jesus and you love the Lord, you, you and I have to be willing to look ourselves in the mirror and say, I don't care what happens, I'm sticking with Jesus Christ.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551.